Hi, welcome everybody to the Judson Podcast. We're a diverse group of friends who get together to talk about faith, culture, and all the things that interest us. This topic for this week is going to be on homeschooling, actually. But before that, we get to that, we're going to do our question of the week. What was your favorite purchase in the last year? Hi, this is Tamara, and I'm a, again, longtime listener and very rare guest. Ooh. And <laughs> good to talk to you guys again. Uh, my favorite purchase of the year was kind of lavish in that I purchased um, a new electric guitar. I don't know if I've mentioned that I play guitar. And so um, I bought a solid body Fender, which is a brand of guitar that I've wanted ever since I started playing guitar, which was almost 20 years ago. And so I finally decided that I was adult enough and I had stuck with the hobby long enough to buy this really cute mint green Fender Stratocaster. And yeah, I, I'm in love and I sleep with it next to my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Are there different kinds of Stratocasters or is it just like the one model? It's it's definitely the most the most stereotypical when you when you think of an electric guitar it's that shape uh, the Stratocaster I think there are a couple of different Stratocasters uh, but it would be like Honda Civic LX versus LE kind of thing yeah I love it you know we're still locked down and I still have a lot of time to play it so it's kind of nice to have it. What's the song that you learned recently that we would all know? I've actually just been teaching myself a lot of scales. So I've learned the C major scale song, if that's one. Yeah. That's I've my been, favorite song. Yeah, exactly. So I, I've, been, I've been teaching myself because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a good rhythm guitarist. So I've been teaching myself lead skills. So I, I've just been putting those skills to use when I play Spotify. So yeah, sorry, I don't really have an answer for that. But I did recently record Brand New Colony by the Postal Service, which was a lot of fun. It's a very intense song, but. Very cool. How does it go? I will not. <laughs> not not on this hot mic. <laughs> She's a guitarist, not a singer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's Jenny. I had a couple of good ones this year, but I have settled on a lightweight kind of camp chair. So it's not a lawn chair because it doesn't have full legs. It has like the little tiny legs that are six inches long. And it folds up teeny weeny so I can put it in my small backpack. And it weighs less than two pounds. But mm. oh my gosh, especially since Corona, I value this chair so much because I love going to the park, to Prospect Park in Brooklyn and sitting and like reading or listening to a podcast. And all the benches at the park, of course, were put there pre-corona. So all the benches are you know, right along the busiest walkways in the park. So it doesn't feel very Corona safe. Also, since Corona, the only thing to do is go to the park. So the park has been pretty full. So I like my chair because I can sit wherever I want and be comfortable. I used to do the blanket thing, but my knees are getting too old for that. And I like being comfortable in my little chair. So it fits in your book bag? It does. And I have like a a smaller size backpack. <laughs> I love that I have all these tiny things that fit in my tiny backpack. Like I have a tiny laptop that fits in my tiny backpack along with my tiny chair. This is David, purchase in a year, maybe a soccer ball. Since I started playing soccer again, uh, just for fun and just pick up or just different rec leagues. So that's been fun. I think the gym can kind of get boring sometimes. 
in a league, you paid, yeah. to, you paid to be in a league. I think that's a purchase, right? Yeah, team sports. Doing team sports again is fun. Hey, everyone. It's Scott. I would say my favorite purchase from the past year was actually a, a fairly recent purchase. That is my Gamo Swarm Maxim Gen 2 .22 caliber air rifle. Wow. So I got this slightly higher tier air rifle where instead of like doing a single load of pellets, you have a magazine that allows for like quicker reloading of your rifle. So listeners are probably wondering, Scott, why do you buy air rifles? <laughs> well, the reason why I buy air rifles is because I like to hunt rats in the city. <laughs> I live around a lot of restaurants, kind of in the inner city of Providence. And especially during COVID, the rat and mouse population has like skyrocketed. Just like creeping around the neighborhood, creeping around our driveway. Why is it more during COVID? Because there was less food and resources where rats normally populate. They kind of like moved more into the side streets and the neighborhoods. So first I started shooting like rats in my backyard, which is pretty fun. (laughs) But what I do now is actually like walk down the sidewalk um, with my air rifle in hand. It's actually very easy to spot rats if you're quiet. Because in any, in any like decrepit part of the city, if you just wait long enough, you'll see a rat somewhere. <laughs> Not even a decrepit area. I live in like a nice, I'm doing air quotes, area of Brooklyn and you see rats all the time. Caught a record number of rats for myself, my personal best, which is five rats in one night. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, they're really, um, they're all, they're all huge. I'm always surprised how huge they are. Yeah, they're Norwegian rats came over. How do people know it's not a regular gun? Does it look different? Or do people think you're like Omar walking down the street with a rifle? <laughs> yeah, I try to be discreet about it. That's a The Wire reference for people, for Michael K. Williams. Rest in late. peace. Do you look like Omar? It, I mean, it looks like a real gun if you're not looking too closely at it. So I've definitely scared a few people. Yeah, I was going to ask, have you ever been stopped by the police? Yeah. <laughs> a police officer questioned me about my air rifle one time and to convince him that I was not up to any shenanigans, I actually showed him the rat that I had just shot like 10 minutes ago. And he was so impressed that he took a picture of it to show his buddies. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's one of my new hobbies. I'm sure you have like folk fame in Providence. Like somebody talks about the guy who goes around shooting rats. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's illegal. And I shouldn't be talking about this <laughs> to be shooting pests in public spaces. You know, just trying to help you out. Just trying to bring stuff to light. Yeah. You're preserving taxpayer resources, helping out with less money on pest control. Don't rat on him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's there. Yeah. Okay, I guess we can uh, introduce the topic. Okay, so today we're talking about homeschooling. Uh, half of us on the mic were homeschooled for a certain amount of time. And Ooh. so, yeah, <laughs> holding it down, holding it down for the weirdos who stayed at home. Uh, and I, I use that term very facetiously, but it's also very loaded because uh, I know that there's sometimes maybe stereotypes that go along with homeschooling as well as uh, I would say even self-judgment from my own homeschooling experience. So I think I'm interested in hearing about Jenny's experience as well as um, talking about my own since we're 
both two people from different regions of the country probably have differing reasons for why we were homeschooled and um, definitely the length of time in the curriculum. So looking forward to discussing that today. So Tamara, do you want to say briefly just um, where you were homeschooled, <laughs> how many years you were homeschooled okay. for, and like who primarily taught you, or did you have more than one teacher? Yeah, yes. and then you can go after that, Jenny. Okay. Yeah. So my experience is I'm a young black woman who was homeschooled in Atlanta, and I was homeschooled by my family, which were they were Caribbean immigrants. Um, and I don't know how much you all know, but Caribbean immigrants are very serious about education and um, very intense about it. And so my mom and her siblings volunteered at our elementary school, our local elementary school for years. And eventually they decided that they probably would do a better job of educating us. Ooh. Yeah, that was I remember that phrasing very clearly. And I think homeschooling, you could say, was the rage or there were a lot of a lot of the Christian media my mom was consuming. Uh, was starting to push for it. And so they decided to make that decision for me and my siblings, as well as most of, I believe, all of my cousins at one point. Just wow. to paint a scene for you guys, uh, I have, well, now I have 20 something cousins, but at the time it, there were about 13 of us that were being homeschooled all at the same time by mostly my mom, but sometimes my aunt, other, other aunts also helped out as well. Every once in a while, my mom homeschooled a couple of people from church, maybe like a semester here or a year there. But overall, it was just our family. And it, we did it for five years total. I was my fourth through eighth grade. So I, I skipped out on middle school. And I would say of all the things that homeschooling gave me, that was probably the best thing that happened is that I missed all of middle school. I spent all of it at home. So that's also, I think, one of the major benefits of homeschooling for me was missing middle school. My Mom decided to, and my dad decided to homeschool us, but my dad worked and my mom stayed at home, so she did most of it. Similar to you, Tamara, it was all the rage at the time. Right? The 90s. Yeah. Two of my aunts homeschooled their kids, um, but a lot of people at church did it. Like, in their church, I think it was almost preached from the pulpit. I don't know this for sure because we left when I was little, but it was very much like this is what you're supposed to do. So I was homeschooled from kindergarten all the way through eighth grade. So the first day of high school, ninth grade, was my first day of public school. <laughs> so one thing that's already apparent is the overlap of the spiritual reason for homeschooling. Can you guys explain that a little bit more? Like, what are the deeper reasons why your families, your parents wanted to homeschool you instead of like going through the system? I think my mom did enjoy the fact that we had Christian curriculum for sure. But I'll admit that sometimes when I hear about other people's rationale for homeschooling, as far as like protecting them from like secularism, I don't think that was as high on the list. Like it was partly, let me, don't get me wrong. We did, we were barred from listening to secular music, but it wasn't necessarily like these schools are going to corrupt my family. I think, I really think it was pretty heavily like education based, but I, I did have all Christian curriculum and I did have, and I, I can, we can talk more about this, but I did have those books that were young earth creationists and were really bad about teaching history, which 
I can give more details later, <laughs> but I'd, I'd like to believe, maybe I'm being too kind, but I, I don't think it was mainly my family's trying to run away from the world. Because if that was the case, I think we would have probably gone to a different church, etc. My parents held steady to the commitment to homeschool us until high school. And I don't know that they would have considered it if they hadn't been a part of this church, um, because both of them went to public school and it was just kind of, you know, it's the thing that you do. But I did always appreciate that they didn't just swallow whatever the Christian milieu at the time. So there were, <laughs> there was a lot of weird kind of fundamentalist, like the best way to get more Christians is by having children. So you should have as many children as possible and homeschool them. And that way you can ensure that they'll be Christian for the rest of their lives, which of course is not true, <laughs> but. <laughs> My parents were always very judicious about what they allowed us to consume. They would not let us just watch TV, but they would maybe read a book or watch a movie before having us watch it. It didn't mean that the secular world was off limits by any means. They read Harry Potter and said, this is amazing, <laughs> even though the church was saying that it wasn't. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. I, I did not have such luck. Yeah. They're both very thoughtful intellectual kind of people who love to learn themselves. So they really enjoyed teaching us. Like my dad made this big freaking timeline in our rec room, many feet long, and he would write down all the historical events on our ginormous timeline. My mom loved reading aloud to us. She loved learning all the history with us. But I did like Tamara. <laughs> I had a book <laughs> called It Couldn't Just Happen. Mm -hmm. um, Anti-evolution book. Yeah. A couple books like mm. that. Yeah, we had a couple. I think we had one. It was like, we do not come from monkeys or something like that. I can see the yeah. monkey on the cover <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys feel like your overall education was, I don't know exactly how you would compare it, but do you feel like it was more rigorous or more casual compared to what other students went through? You know, I would say for me, it was actually more efficient. I don't know how to explain it more than that. We studied for maybe four hours if we did it uh, right. Like if we didn't goof off, like the point was just get the work done. And I remember when I got to public school, I was like, oh my gosh, these days are so long. <laughs> like, yeah. And I remember thinking that I, I could have done it so much faster, uh, could have learned so much more with so much less time. And so um, I guess the rigor was that I was self-driven and the rigor was there was no competition, even though I am a twin, we did not compete against each other. The rigor was I held myself to certain standards and I tried to go as hard as I could. Like I remember very clearly that the first test that I got back in public school was I got a 97 on it. It was a biology test and I was mad because I missed a question <laughs> and I can still see my classmates face. They're like, are you okay? <laughs> I think, I think efficiency is for sure what I would, what I appreciated. Like I remember I had like a quick stretch where I would wake up at five in the morning and try and finish my work by 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't wow. know i wouldn't yeah maybe not in middle school uh yeah middle school it lasted for like a couple of days because i'm not a morning person but i think homeschooling mimics the college lifestyle as well as like working from home during quarantine life lifestyle the most anything to add jenny I feel like it was similar for me where there was a lot of flexibility. So if you were having trouble in one area, you would spend more time on it. Like to finish the math textbooks, we often did math through the summer. We didn't really like math that much. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> we weren't a huge fan of that method. I think really the most important thing that was instilled in me was just this curiosity and fascination with learning. I remember just thinking a lot of my homeschool curriculum was based on just reading books, like reading historical fiction. I didn't even take a history test until I started high school. I'd never taken like an actual history test, but history was my best subject in high school. Mm. So <laughs> I think that not having to take any history tests, that's very efficient. And I was still able to learn and get that love of learning and hunger to learn more, which I think served me better in high school than having taken a bunch of tests would have. So how does that yes. work in regards to like state standards? Because even when you're homeschooled, don't the homeschool teachers have to pass certain protocols and metrics, like prove that you guys learn certain things? I know my mom had to, I don't think she was allowed to homeschool without a bachelor's degree. And then in order for us to homeschool, we had to take a placement test um, before we started. I think things have changed because I, I believe people homeschool more and resources are different. I mean, I feel like it's important to contextualize that we were homeschooled. I was homeschooled before the internet. <laughs> so this whole like learning from home thing was less computer-based, more CD-ROM, offline-based. Yeah, I, I do remember when we went to public school, I didn't have to take a test, but my sister, who was going into a grade above ninth grade, had to take a placement test to prove that she had um, had learned enough to go to her specific grade. And so, yeah, there were certain protocols. Yeah, I remember my parents taking me and my sisters in every year to meet with someone from the government. I'm sure I, I remember not really caring what was going on. <laughs> And they would show them like, oh, this is their final project for this class. This is their art project this year. I did take an eighth grade standardized test, but I don't remember if that was mandatory or not. It might have helped with placement because I know they placed me in honors classes in high school. Yeah. But Tamara, I wanted to ask you about the CD-ROM. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember having... What sort of CDs, CD-ROMs did you use? You know, like yeah. Reading Rabbit or... I think we had... There was some random person. I, I remember his name. It was Robinson, Robinson Curriculum. <laughs> it was just some guy who knows... Probably a fundamentalist guy who had like a, a million kids and they never ate sugar. And they created some kind of like... Uh, curriculum, quote unquote, that was really just a bunch of like classic books on CD-ROM. And we just read from those. So that's what I would do if when my school day was done was uh, after those four hours were up, then I would just go and read voraciously. So yeah, my dad bought an encyclopedia, Encarta encyclopedia. Nice. So fancy. I would, yeah, I would go on the computer all the time just to read the encyclopedia. <laughs> Same. I read the, I read our books encyclopedia. Yeah. Yeah. Our family, we describe ourselves as like info gluts. And kind of going back to what you mentioned, Jenny, earlier about curiosity how that was instilled in you, I 100% agree. I think having been homeschooled for certain years, especially the formative years, I never really had the like ideas of what I should or shouldn't do, or I wasn't placed in certain like boxes of what I was capable of. So I would just randomly hmm. pick up certain things and just say, okay, why not? Why don't I try this? Why don't I try that? And that's how I got into like teaching myself guitar, teaching myself other instruments. And I do appreciate that that curiosity has stayed with me, I would say, for the past 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Not saying that people who go to public or private school are not curious. <laughs> it's <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just that I, I would say the boundaries are not there as far as like, well, you didn't sign up for this and you didn't have a teacher who taught you for an hour. And, and that used to plague me because I, I would delegitimize my own efforts. But after a while, I was like, oh, no, I'm good at teaching myself stuff. And I'm also good at telling myself that I, I can do it because why not? Yeah. <laughs> I remember my mom being somewhat dismayed when I started pulling books off the shelves to read them and I started pulling off her child psychology books because then I knew <laughs> then I knew all her secrets. But I just was interested in psychology from a very young age. So I remember reading about birth order and so good. <laughs> she was probably like, Oh no, now now Jenny knows what I know about like mm. strong-willed children. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, I I did the same with my mom's political magazines, though, which ironically, they're very conservative. And so the irony is now I have completely flipped my politics. And so now she had gave me an appetite for political reading. It's just now we have arguments about coming from two different sides of the political spectrum. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast there. Try to remember exactly why you got into it again or why your parents got you into Jenny. Yeah, I remember you saying that people at church were doing it. Yeah. But then do you know why beyond that? Like, were they like, the schools around you suck or they're going to teach you bad stuff or I'd rather take control over my kids? I think homeschooling is very much uh, kind of what you make it yeah. thing. But because the church was doing it and the church really encouraged it as a way to keep your children away from worldly influences. Mm -hmm. I think my parents really lived into their, I don't know if I want to say their, if it was their calling to homeschool me, but their talents maybe and their skills and their own love of learning. I think for them, it started out as a religious thing and it became something bigger about family and about just loving books and loving knowledge. I think that's actually probably why they stuck with it for so long. That and they didn't have like eight kids. <laughs> yeah. But they stuck with it um, even when many of the other families from their group had started just sending their kids to public school. So one thing that's pretty clear is like there's a very apparent academic advantage to homeschooling. Like all the homeschooled kids I meet are like just like you guys, like very, um, very knowledgeable, very like studious in their own ways. But, you know, some people would claim that on the flip side, that people who are homeschooled are not as like socially mature or wise, not having gone through that socialization with other kids, the whole stereotype of the sheltered homeschooler. What do you all have to say to that? I mean, we heard that when I was homeschooled, you know, I remember people being like, are they okay? And I... <laughs> I just feel like I went to public school ninth through 12th grade. And so all of, yeah, I got socialized is what I'm saying. One and two, we were being social at church. We were joined a rec basketball rec league and we were part of a homeschool group, uh, most of all. And so, so what you mean we you were, were part of a homeschool, group? we were part of a homeschool group in that there are a, a set of families, um, who met up, I think every other week or every other month. I don't remember, but a regular basis mm. to go on field trips, et cetera. Um, and of course, you know, in today's date, you would have, I had cousins who were younger than me who actually went to a place like an actual church and was homeschooled with other people. So it was essentially like a, a small private school. But that being said, um, we did receive socialization. Like it was different. It was very different. And, you know, everybody is, I think, built different as far as maybe the level of socialization they desire. Um, like when I got to public school, I found 
the number of people pretty overwhelming. Like I remember my ears just ringing the first couple of days of public school. I was like, oh my God, like there's so many people here. Um, they're so loud, so much cussing, etc. But for me, I was very keen on learning the like way to socialize or learning the culture that I was in. And so I, I used that curiosity that was built in me in homeschooling to learn the culture of public school and to fit in, if you will. And I also had a cushion when I first joined public school because it was not just me, but it was my twin sister, my older sister, my cousins. My dad was a teacher at the local high school and I was a part of the magnet program, magnet slash honors program. So a lot of the people I was socialized with were, I guess, high achievers and it was a smaller group. So... That being said, I do think the like fear of socialization is overblown and go back to what Jenny said, which is it is what you make of it. I think there are people out there who do go out of their way to make sure their kids aren't connecting with the quote real world. But I think that's on the parent and less about like homeschooling itself. Do you have any specific memories of those culture shock moments? I do. Like, oh, that's what that means or... Yeah, I do. I remember being like, oh my gosh, people cuss so much. Like they they cuss so much. (laughs) I was like, wow. (laughs) I guess, again, I think the culture shock was how long the school day was. I was like, this is too long. (laughs) And um, the expectation to speak up in class, being an introvert. Like I I definitely knew I knew the right answer, but maybe not necessarily knowing the politics behind who speaks and and says what. So, but definitely like the loudness, the l- length of the day and the cussing. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that. Really? But I guess it makes sense. After a while, like I became pretty like my honors National Honor Society Community Service was working in the library. That was my favorite place to be because it was quiet. <laughs> <sighs> nice. Yeah, so that was my culture shock. What about you, Jenny? Yeah, I think When people meet me, as opposed to one of my sisters is an extrovert, they and they find out that I was homeschooled, they think, oh, that's why. Like, oh, that's why the introversion. And then when they talk to my sister and they find out she's homeschooled, they're kind of surprised. Like, oh, I wouldn't have thought so because you're so comfortable around people. (laughs) So it's like, no, we we were kind of like that already. Um, Right. I feel like I had to learn this whole second language in high school, not just inappropriate words and what they meant, but like the way that what somebody said could be interpreted as being inappropriate. Because mm. I have this memory of for a couple of months after I started people laughing all the time and me realizing like, oh, I can't laugh because I happen to not think extremely sexual jokes are funny. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I just didn't know what everyone was laughing at. It's like, I'm going to laugh Welcome too. to ninth grade. That's, oh, all yeah. that's what that means. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that I was socialized in a way that made school feel almost like a step backwards, like having to ask to go to the bathroom when mm-hmm. you're 14, 15, 16, even 18 years old. That's a little weird. Yeah. It was just new for me to have to ask to go to the bathroom. And at least in my school, I couldn't go to my locker unless it was between classes. And passing period was only five minutes, which sometimes wasn't enough time to go to your locker. But the idea of being yelled at for opening your little box where you keep your books and getting a book is also super strange. (laughs) And then... The not being able to eat in class, too. Like, oh, yeah. what if I'm hungry? Oh, you you can only eat during the time that you're supposed to eat. 
you can only eat in the cafeteria. You can't eat anywhere else. So it felt almost like a step backwards in some ways socially, because I felt like before I had been treated as an adult. My education was very independent, more so even than my sister's, I would say, because my mom could say, okay, here's your math book for the year. Learn it. It's like, okay, cool. (laughs) In high school, it was like, what are you doing? Why are you in this hallway? Why are you here? You must be bad. You're bad. Go away. (laughs) I was like, I never had someone just assume the worst of me before. And so I started being more sneaky because I was always assumed (laughs) to be sneaky. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) One thing I didn't think about was you all, I guess it seemed to actually make you all Mm self-learners, active learners. Yeah. I don't remember my mom teaching me, if I'm completely honest. I remember getting a book. Oh, really? I remember getting a book and going through whatever chapter I was supposed to go to. And if I needed help, I would go ask her. But overall, it was me teaching myself and maybe asking my sister, my twin sister, for help because she was also going through it. But it was. Yeah. So when your mom's saying that she could do a better job, basically she's saying that you can do a better job. You can do a better job. (laughs) I'll I'll just make sure you're on top of it. Totally. I mean, honestly, I taught myself. My dad hit the school he was teaching at, it closed down and they gave him a bunch of scientific equipment. And so I taught myself how to use a microscope. I taught myself that before I got to ninth grade where people were learning. And now I will admit, like speaking of culture shocks, I have to admit that like when my friends said, were freaked out by the fact that I was mad about getting a 97 on biology test, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I should scale back my effort a li- at least a little bit because I don't want to stand out too much, even though I was in the honors program. And so there, there was a culture shock as far as like, I didn't want to be perceived as like being an overachiever. Go figure. That's something that I've like had to like work through. Like so my grades actually did slip a little bit. I was able to bring them back. But I do think that there was part of me, the self-learning, like me being my biggest critic and teacher was traded out for wanting to fit in with people. That is so fascinating to me because I felt like almost the opposite happened to me where I thought I was exceptional. (laughs) Yeah, love it. And then, you know, my parents did move to a place that was known for its good school system and all the other kids' parents moved there for the same reason. And my school turned out like a couple Ivy Leaguers every year. And I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, everyone here is so much better than I am at everything. Mm -hmm. Everyone's so much smarter. (laughs) And even when I tried doing track, it's like, oh, Everyone's so much faster too. (laughs) But yeah, I had gone from feeling like I could learn something at my own pace and master it. In middle school, homeschooling, it felt like I could master anything. Like Mm -hmm. you just work at it until you get it. And in high school, it was like, oh, there's no time to learn everything. Oh no, I failed my math midterm. Oh, well, just keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. I know that feel. I had that feel. I was scared to go to high school because I thought I was going to be behind everyone. I think, again, getting that test back, I was like, oh, no, I'm not behind. So I I totally, I I was like, okay, I'll be fine, no matter how much effort I put in. (laughs) 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 Which, not a great attitude. So guys, if you had a friend, started to have kids, and they were contemplating homeschooling their kids, what would be your recommendation? I do not like the idea of like separating kids for the sake of like subjective idea of purity, et cetera. So I think I would probably follow along in the legacy of my parents of doing it because of like educational purposes. And if that's like the cheapest way to 
have a quality education, then go for it. But I, I would make sure I wouldn't support homeschooling for imparting like creationism into people's doctrine. But uh, that aside, I would say why not if you want to, if you have like obviously the financial means, because I, I do think there is something about self learning that goes a long way. When your parents started teaching you, did they have this idea that they wanted you and your sister to be involved in the sciences or STEM or academia? Or was that just like something that happened naturally? My dad was a chemistry teacher and my mom is a nurse. And so we're just a, kind of a STEM family. We would do prime factorization on road trips. And my dad taught us about like endergonic reactions, the same wow. things he was teaching his chemistry students. Anyway, we learned that at home, like our dad would bring his experience home. So it was just kind of the way that they ruled. And so I would say that we just ended up enjoying it more, but our family wasn't like, you have to do STEM because that's the way to like get ahead. It's just... We just had a love and curiosity for it. Funnily enough, when I, because I shared books with my twin sister, I studied biology for two hours or science for two hours, and she studied math for two hours. And then we'd swap books, and I would only do math for one hour, and she would do science for one hour. And so she majored and is now an engineer, and I majored and I'm now a biologist. And so it's kind of like it started in homeschooling. But to answer your question, I don't think our family... They knew that we were smart and they knew we were capable, but I think our love and drive for science was pretty like self-motivated. Yeah. What's your advice, Jenny? Well, takes a lot of money and takes a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> Preferably one parent will be working and making a lot of money. Quick question. Isn't some of the uh, funds given by the state or was it all like your parents had to pay for everything? My parents paid. I thought we had to pay for everything. Yeah. I think now there's some state funds. Like, I think I knew kids who came up after me who got like laptops through the state. Again, that was before our time. That's where the controversy of what homeschooling is right now, right? Yeah. You're using public funds to finance mainly religious education. Yeah. But they still have to pay taxes that go to public schools. Yeah. True. I would personally, I think if I were to have kids, I would probably send them to public school because I like the idea of staying connected to the community. And it's not even, I wouldn't say the socialization is important more so than like, a sense of community and connection to the community. And and I, that's important to me. Yeah. For me, I would probably send the kid to the public school. As long as you check your reasons first, like Tamara said, don't do it just because you're maybe afraid of the world getting into their brain because they're in the world and they're going to find out about that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say it can be something that's just a wonderful experience and a very special time for the family. So I would say if you can do it, do it for a year. Keep in mind that the first year is probably the hardest because you're figuring out what curriculum you want to buy and you're figuring out how your kids learn and how to do it. I think as long as you go into it from a perspective of actually wanting your kids to develop into who God created them to be, um, into the best version of themselves, and you're committed to that, then you're going to do a good job. You don't have to have a degree in teaching or whatever to Agreed. be a good homeschooler. Agreed. Are there non-Christian people you knew about in your homeschool settings? I don't know of any non-Christian homeschoolers. Me, I don't either. <laughs> I don't, and, and I'll admit that other than our homeschool group, I didn't know any like non-white homeschoolers. And I remember visiting, like we went to homeschool expo and I was like, whoa, I think I saw the prototype of the stereotype of the homeschooler with the long skirts and the big hair. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess there's a spectrum. It's always, I think it's important to, to emphasize that there's a spectrum of people who are into homeschooling. I know a lot of kids who were homeschooled who are not Christians now. Yeah. Um, Same. So yeah, don't don't homeschool Same. just because you want them to be Christians. I know. You have and, to homeschool for other reasons. Right. And and also their politics their politics have changed for sure, you know, myself included. Yeah. So I, I agree. Any fun questions you guys wanted to answer before we wrap up? Um, if you've watched Mean Girls, it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> I remember what I learned about young earth creationism, it wasn't hard for me to like eventually get rid of it in my own spirit because I loved science so much that eventually I was like, I think scientists know science better than these Christian books do. So I'm going to go with the science. It has not let me down and is not the platform to me was more consistent. And so when I finally like took evolution in college, I was just like, you know what? Fine. I'm go. I'm cool with that. And I kept moving. Yeah. Oh, and sometimes we didn't do work. Sometimes we just went to Walmart all day. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got to take vacations during the off season. Nice. So we went to Disney World in like the end of January or something like that. Yeah. No other children were able to do that. <laughs> I love it. Do you guys have a substitute for school dances? Was there ways to like meet romantic <laughs> interests? All of my romantic interests were at church. Yeah. So no, no school dances. No, so that was what I was really excited about going to public school was being able to touch boys. <laughs> Sorry, would it <laughs> keep it real? <laughs> so what happened with these homeschool group meetings? I feel like that can be yeah. the subject of a movie. Yeah, I didn't have dances. I didn't even have a homeschool group actually. Did you have PE? We had to run around our neighborhood every day. Oh, wow. But I didn't learn the rules of sports. Oh, that was a culture shock. So in high school, the gym teacher, they're like, okay, today we're going to play volleyball. And they kind of expect you to know. And I was like, okay, like, can you tell me the rules? (laughs) I don't know volleyball. (laughs) This was despite my dad's like, he would try sometimes to teach me how to play a sport. And I just didn't care. (laughs) I mean, I did get socialization from church and from having... 19 first cousins so we saw each other frequently but even though I had two sisters I think the way my brain works I've always felt super comfortable talking to boys so in high school it was like not an issue for me at all and it goes back to what I was saying like it's more about who you are and homeschooling actually allows you maybe to be more who you are yeah and homeschooling doesn't make people all the same (laughs) I remember just in high school thinking, man, girls are really like weird and they don't say what they mean. (laughs) Even though I'd grown up around girls, it doesn't make them easier to understand. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. Even when I was socialized in the normal way, I was still awkward with boys. Um, I just want to say thank you to my mom, even though she doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) Maybe she'll listen to this one. I want to say thank you to my mom for homeschooling me because it was really hard for her. I'm sure that when she did it, she was intimidated by it, but she had no idea how hard it was going to be. Those years and years of having our education, which she valued so much solely in her hands, And she just did a really amazing job and she saw who I was and she helped me. Oh my gosh, I'm tearing up. (laughs) She, I feel like she really helped me be 
who God created me to be. And that goes definitely for my dad as well. He used to come home every night, even though he was the one working. Even if he came home at 10 p.m., he would still read the Bible to us before we were put to sleep. So I want to say thank you to both my parents for homeschooling me.